If I give it one last breath, will I be finished? Breathless and falling for the once infinite now diminishing to a disturbing reminiscence. Intricate decisions, premeditated initiation for related positions to wince at if ever mentioned. Delusions of convergence is worth more than mere instances. Filling spaces with significant preference and reading them of the what-ifs and could-have-beens. The should-have-beens become the insignificant, but only if the foresight of the I-can-waits are part of the present. The resonation and the marinating of deep thought. The positivity of the benefit that doesn't doubt. The heartstrings, strings played but not playing for selfish routes. Kissing to her lips face-to-face -face with persistence as a given. Living in the single moments, loving every part of her, laughing at the shape of your square demeanor that she inspires in an effort to protect her, subjection to the erecting of walls that barricade dysfunction, glass houses and war rooms without doors to meet the unwelcome. Seldom are the waters that are above sea level. However, when you're drowning from the storms of your mind while trying to find a dream too, you miss the light preserver that's standing right in front of you. Your hindsight, it blinds you. Your foresight is too new. So it's not plus two, it's what you believe when it's the trinity that believes in you. The accurate depiction of passion isn't friction to me, but I'd be lying if I said it's not present, though when you're absent, I'm still lifted by the prevalent essence of your access, granted to me without prejudice, spoiling me with your efforts. To allow me to afford you, me efforting with all of my matters most to you. The being of seeing sounds, of hearing colors while paying penance, were previously equal a physical repentance. An epiphany hits and change behavior inspires the shift, a whiff of the auras that lay, dormant to some but historically sentimental because of the way, in the air that it hangs, the air that it brings as it flows to better shores. That same. Morio J. Continence was written at a point in time when I was just I don't know it was it was almost written like right on the spot you know the the, the great thing about being as open as I am when it comes to life and well my life and different things that happen I really get inspired by so much and sometimes things come to me and I actually have to look up the definition of the words that come to mind and make sure that I'm on point with, you know, what I'm trying to express and I'm actually using the right verbiage. You know, I don't look for words, but when the words come to me, I have to make sure that I'm not misusing them because I have this this love for words and, you know, true expression. You know, a lot of people express their feelings based on what's what's the norm for them. You know, what what their common sense may be, their common sense of words and how to express and what they really want to get off their chest but really sometimes we we fail to get our point across or fail to really express that sincere that sincerity i'm sorry when it comes to talking with another individual um or group or even when we think to ourselves because we're so used to certain things that that's all we lean to you know it's not always about using big words or these prolific words that are hard to pronounce sometimes it's about just capturing that emotion in the moment and understanding what it is so that you can give that expression and not feel like after the fact you know I should have said this I should have said that so when I write it gives me an opportunity to just see it before I actually put it down and then as I feel it I go and um, I could of course freestyle and I have on here before but 
it's more of how do I take it to a point of really elevating my knowledge and not just going on what I know. You know, you know, in that first line, I said, if I give it one last breath, will I be finished? And it's like with anything, when you put enough effort into it, do you feel like you're drowning in it? Do you feel like you're getting back the energy that you put in? Or do you feel like if you keep, you know, pushing yourself to that edge, to that limit, that you're eventually going to implode or suffocate? You know, you never know. Or do you feel like when you put forth a certain effort, will you know, you inflict those those different feelings and emotions upon someone else or something else, you know, um, understanding that every instance in your life, sometimes it brings a lesson. Other times it's something that you just have to really um, take time to allow it to marinate, which I mentioned in here a couple of times where some things take a little bit of time for you to really grasp the full concept. You're not always given the full details of the vision, but you might be given the vision. And a lot of what I'm trying to do with my work now is release like every part of me in every single piece. You know, <laughs> I've written so many pieces that sometimes I feel like, man, I, I don't want to ever run out of things to say but I don't sit and think of things to say they come to me and I feel them and that the things that I really want to share with the world not for a response but hopefully some sort of inspiration to them and it inspires me as I, as I either read my work or listen to it to continue because it's not based on an acceptance it's not based on someone else hearing or seeing or reading or whatever the case may be um, any part of what I do and me waiting for the go ahead to continue. And I think a lot of us sometimes there's some things that we're afraid of, not because we lack the ability, but we lack that confidence to get that okay for the motivation. If we're motivated to do it, you know, make it happen, you know. And I think I've said this before. I told myself I could say anything I want to say. By the time I was 25, I think I may have been 23 at the time. And I said that because I wanted to make sure that everything that comes from me comes from the heart. It comes from a really special space, really special place. So when I say it, it's without prejudice, without bias, without selfishness, without me only thinking of myself. But at the same time, when I am thinking of myself and I want to express it, being honest and if I feel like if we're honest with ourselves we're not angry with the world we may be angry at circumstance we may be angry at different situations that we find ourselves in but if we really get to the heart of it we're not angry at the people we may be angry at the decision that we made that led to this point with those people or with those places or things and you know circumstances in our lives but we're not really angry at the people and when we really step back once we forgive ourselves or forgive the situation and understand it being what it is, then we can actually really move forward and honestly, sometimes move on. You know, it all depends on what your situation is. You know, I mentioned the could have been the should have been. And I also go into the, the I can't wait, you know, you know, we always got the, the cliche could have, should have, would have. Of course, we got that. But. When we really look at it, some of the could'ves and should'ves, um, they're not gone. They're not completely away or out of our reach. We just have to find a way 
to recapture ourselves because we can't say we should have done this we could have done this we have to look at where we were when it was even on the table who are we and versus who we were at that time if we're in a space as to where we better understand what we can do to better our situation or even indulge or um, engage in some of the things that we feel like we if we had done them at a certain point in time we would reap the benefits of the harvest then think about where our mindset was at the time who were we that such an opportunity presented itself and so you have to kind of balance who you are now being the person you are with the knowledge that you have and the person that was back then with the opportunity to see if it's something that you just needed to learn from so you can recognize other opportunities or really see that that door maybe may even be still open it just kind of takes time and really patience and accepting the wisdoms that you get um and there's a part in here i wanted to clarify um purposely i wrote the heart strings strings that played but not playing for selfish routes and of course it's talking about a musical instrument as well as the heart itself because a lot of times people get into these situations where they're like hey no strings attached and then eventually the heart gets attached to something about the situation in itself so if you take the strings of the instrument you can play a beautiful melody or you can learn to just like you learn a person you learn their heart so even in a situation like that where it says strings play but not playing for selfish routes you're like that wasn't what you expected but if even in the situation if something comes out of it or if you get this confidence to call that part of it off but to really understand where you and that person are coming from maybe you can get to a better space within yourselves to see what actually needs to happen next um, I know a lot of people are used to me saying kisses to her lips and meaning something else, but this is actually a passionate face-to-face -face kiss. I can't stress the importance of a face-to-face -face kiss. You know, there's sometimes eyes closing, but I myself have kissed very, very passionately with eyes open because sometimes I want to see the moment. And it's not a thought. It's, it's more of in the moment, it just kind of happens. And so that was really... Um, a face value kind of thing and you know I talked about you know the erecting of walls that barricade dysfunction because some of us are so used to dysfunction it's ridiculous like we're really used to dysfunction we're used to people places and things that that we're a part of or have been a part of taking precedent over what we feel and want that uh, as you see uh, or as you listen to uh, down farther into what I was trying to say you know the the life preserver standing right in front of you and I'm skipping around a little bit but um, we fail to see what's in front of us because we're so used to the past that we respond to it either we're regressive we digress or we get to a very defensive point where everything is seen as that if we see something that resembles it we're ready to fight we're ready to go at it because we're not going to take this shit anymore we're not going back to that even though it may not be the same if anything about where you are feels the same then what's in front of you, you don't feel like it's a life preserver you feel like someone's telling you to take a take a dive into the ocean and figure it out 
and they're saying, hey, here's a life preserver. And you feel as if as soon as you take this dive, they're going to pull it back. But what happens if they don't? You built up enough within yourself and different things and experience and wisdom as to where you're, you're going to be good either way. If you decide to dive, you're straight. You decide not to, you're still going to be straight. But it's the mindset that you have regardless of what decision you make. Um, the sea level, as far as the seldom or the waters above sea level, and that C-S-E-E, as far as, you know, we can see water. And when we look at it, sometimes it brings the most beautiful of sunsets. And when I sell, when I say that, seldom are the waters above sea level, which basically means seldom are, um, are you drowning in whatever it is. You know, we all say trying to keep our head above water. And then I go into when you're drowning from the storms of your mind, which basically when you're brainstorming, trying to figure it out, trying to make something happen, trying to go into um, what's your next move? How do I how do I either fix this? How do I add to this? What did I do about this? What needs to happen next? You know, then it says you missed the life preserver. So while you're brainstorming, eventually we venture off into our same way of thinking, although our circumstances are far from what we've ever had to be, had to go through, far from what we've been through, what we've had to deal with. But that familiarity, we, the familiarity makes us connect the two. So we, we feel like now we're back in this quote unquote sort of matrix type of situation when really what's standing in front of us or the opportunity that's right in front of us gives us a chance to actually grow and move on from it. Like we've graduated from it, we've elevated, we've excelled, we've leveled up, however you want to see it. We've, we've, we're past that now. So what do we do? And then when I say the your foresight is too new, it's T-O-O. Like your foresight is also new. So what's in front of you, you can see it, you can, you can reach out and grab it. But for you, it's like it's still too new. So then I say, so it's not plus two. Meaning when we always say one plus one is two, so on and so forth. It's what you believe. Then it's the Trinity that believes in you. Basically, that's me with an expression of my faith, because I believe in God. I believe in the Trinity, God, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And a lot of times I don't really put a lot of it out there, but I, I kind of give tidbits because I want people to understand that when a person doesn't have the same belief in faith that you still have that there's this balance there's this connection between people that we have to understand that even though a person doesn't believe the same thing there's a there's a level of communication that you can have as to where they can gather strength and confidence in what you have and you don't use your faith to fight people use your faith to inspire people and that's where i was with that um then I say the accurate depiction of passion isn't friction to me. Although I'm a very intimate, very touchy-feely, very sexual person, the idea of passion isn't about the friction. It's not about the intercourse. It's not about um, the sexual nature of everything. A lot of the passion from me inspires those things, but at the same time, it doesn't take those things to inspire me, if that makes sense. Um, but I'd be lying if I said it's not a present, though when you're absent, I'm still lifted by the prevalent essence of your access. So basically what I'm saying is when you allow me that that physical aspect of you, I'm saying to you that when you give it to me, 
I feel spoiled. I feel like, man, I want more of this. And then it says, you will to allow me to afford you, me F14, with all of my what matters most too. And it's still not the physical. It's still that part of me that wants to give of myself to you. And of course, me being a guy, a lot of people would say, oh, you, all guys think about is this, all guys think about is that. And that's not the case. So much of me goes into who I'm with, my family, uh, my friends, people I care about. And so for the person that I'm, I'm intimate with, my wife, it means that all of me wants to spill over into her cup, not to overshadow, not to take up the space that she still needs to fill with herself, but to really just be there, be a beacon, be a confidant, be everything I need to be to her. And during that process, aside from the physical, I'm super attracted to the fact that you actually exist. So that's what that is. And efforting is basically efforting. Um, I kind of broke it up, but basically me trying. That's why I broke it up. Because sometimes you can try and you can miss. You can completely miss the mark. You don't want to miss the mark, but you completely miss the mark. And it's crazy that you miss the mark because you're trying your best. But at the end of the day, do you give up? Do you allow the missteps to define your next steps? No, you, you keep going. You Sometimes you trip and don't fall. You just keep going. But by all means, don't lose that confidence in what passion you have for that person. And then, of course, um, it says the being of seeing sounds and hearing colors while paying penance. We punish ourselves willfully, willingly when we do things to those that we love. And we it's not like we're trying to, but we do feel like, man, you know, what am I doing? You know, how did I get to this point? What do I do? And it hurts. It hurts really badly when something we say or something we do hurts someone it t it gets them to a point of emotional pain distress or stress and we all we want to do is make them feel better but how do we make them feel better when we're the cause of it it's 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 really something that you learn over time it's it's not a set formula but you do have to understand who you're dealing with you have to understand that person and you have to be willing and open, open and willing to learn. And you're not always going to get it right. And at the same time, by the same token, you may not actually go through um, with being able to actually uh, show what you've learned, so to speak. And the life of the relationship may end before you're actually able to show it. And it happens so often that people don't even realize that's when you get a lot of bitterness, you get a lot of anger, you get a lot of pain after the fact, because then both parties are able to see what part that they played. Um, so that's why I say epiphany hits and change behavior inspires the shift. So when that shift happens, if it happens within the relationship, you figure it out and there's longevity. If it happens afterwards, sometimes you have a lot of bitterness. Sometimes you have a desire to move on only because you hope that it band-aids or blankets or hides or destroys, diminishes the pain that you feel based on the relationship where you were in the process of growing. Now that you've grown, you're like, damn, I could have had this over here. Um, then it says a whiff of the auras that lay. Um, it goes into dormant to some, 
but historically sentimental because of the way in the air that it hangs. It's like one or the other or both people can feel that in a relationship, um, there's so much that's like right there. You you notice that potential right away. Like, man, we could be this. Oh man, you're so this. And you have all these ideas for this other person, not only for them, but also for the relationship and where you could be. And it's like a lot of it has laid dormant for so long in that person that you're trying to figure out like, what the hell am I supposed to be doing? You know, how am I constantly messing this up? How am I not able to show them the, you know, the reflection that I see of them? And it's very difficult when that person's never even thought of themselves that way. Or they may even be humble. It's not always that that person um, is down on themselves. They just may never may never have actually looked at themselves in that way. And you have to figure out how do I get them to see this? There's like so much light, so much of them that if they put it out into the world, it's it would just really take the world by storm and inspire and encourage and all the things that they try to do. They they don't even realize that they're doing but they're doing it. They're, they're making it happen. You know, true enough. But be that as it may, you know, like I said, a whiff of the auras that lay. Once you smell it and you see it, you hear it, you feel it, you want more of it. And it goes back to that passion, which is what attracts you to that person, which is what takes you to the point of an elevated elation to who that person just is. Oh, my God. It's like, wow. You want to kiss, you want to hug, you you take all these moments where back when I said your square demeanor, it's like, dude, you, you just kind of feel like, oh, hold up, let me kind of straighten myself up. You, you don't necessarily change the way you dress, but you kind of spruce it up a little bit. You don't change the way you speak, but you kind of make sure that you're speaking that language, however it may be. It's not necessarily your brushed, polished. It could be bonics. It could be anything. Whatever it is, you want to make sure you speak the language of love to them. And it's an incredible feeling when you can actually do that. Um, then you get down to the air that it brings. I actually got that from something I looked up. And I was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. I want to make sure that I'm actually looking and looking at and using the right word. Because I've always looked at this, whether it's an heir to the throne or the air of something but in this particular case i'm actually talking about a river in england um and i don't want to mispronounce the word but the penines um later on i may end up having to change that particular pronunciation if i'm wrong but i said the air that it brings as it flows to better shores that sing and basically a lot of times when we're close to any body of water even if we're in the tub as simple as something like that it's like it sings to us it speaks to us it takes us to a point of uh, this nirvana that we can't even imagine like when we soak in the tub even if it's the shower that water in itself in the air basically that particular river in England um, I was basically speaking about the water speaking about um, how it flows when you hear the melody of whatever epiphany you may have, whatever great feeling you may have, and what happens when through everything I've said, you come back almost full circle to when you first met with the person, place, or the thing that you love so much. You don't want to let it go. 
You don't want to walk away. You don't want to discount it. You don't want to seem like you're discrediting it. You want to figure out the best way to honor it, to put it on this pedestal where it's safe. You want to protect it. You want to guide it. You want to lead it, but you want to learn and grow in the process. You want to give so much of yourself to it and have your cup refilled, replenished, not lose your spirituality or higher being that you believe in, but also pay tribute to the fact that Whatever your higher being is, in my case, the fact that God saw fit to give me something in my life outside of all the other reasons that I have, but he decided to give me something in my life worth living for. And for that, I entitled this piece, Continence. Convergency, the coming together of the three core characteristics of a woman's beauty, independence, confidence, and intelligence, and the result being a multiclimactic outcome. Second definition, the coming together of two separate entities that are usually characterized as individuals due to their differences in genetic makeup, perspectives, and or views of progression, allowing the possibility of a positive outcome. Three, the coming together of two beautiful minds and a creative collision of ideas to create a masterpiece across any medium, a session. Four, simultaneous climax with someone, whether mental or physical, that infuses a powerful connection. I would like to express my deepest appreciation for you taking the time to listen to this episode of At The Sound Of My Voice. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to leave a voicemail, a comment, or a review. If you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on At The Sound Of My Voice or any of our social platforms, please email us at channel82 at gmail.com. That's C-H-A-N-N-E-L, the number 8, T-Y, the number 2, at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at at underscore the underscore sound underscore of underscore my underscore voice for even more content and updates. And stay tuned for our merch coming very soon.